Hello, friends. What are you at? Josh here. This is part two of an interview that I did with Jake Casey, who's an Aubrey-based full-time musician. Awesome dude. We finished up part one discussing some of Jake's really questionable early music influences and how he was just starting to discover bands like Nirvana and dig into his, I think it might have been his dad's back catalogue, Van Halen and Black Sabbath. So if you gave up on Jake as a human after hearing that he liked five, something called five, and the Backstreet Boys, he redeems himself in part two of the interview. I won't keep you too long. Punchingsideways.com for all the, the back catalogue at Joshua C. Liston to talk to me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And make sure you catch the next episode of Punching Sideways where we're speaking with Riley Rose Harper, who's a local radio personality and we actually talk a lot about Corriong where we both grew up. Okay, today, part two with Jake Casey, full-time musician and recovering Backstreet Boys fan. Bit more modern instruments as opposed to like I wouldn't you know taking the piano and the synths out and using actually with guitars that sounds awesome but what's the idea you've got for after that because I'm probably going to skip <laughs> I'll come to the one that's in the future well there's a few bands got stuff in the works that I didn't know about but I really wanted to do like a a tribute to Australian alternative bands like alternative is a loose word here but like silver chair butterfly effect what was the other bands Oh, I can't even think right now. But, you know, that that early 2000 period where rock was still going. You could listen to it. You know, Channel V was still playing those albums. Like Butterfly Effect is my all-time favourite Australian band. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I, I, I personally know why, but I don't know why that band just spoke to me in the way that it has. Yeah. Um, I've seen a few of their shows and, you know, just blows my mind that, his voice, that band, look that f- three piece. They are instrumentally, one guitar, bass, and drums. The sounds they can get out of a three piece. Yeah. Feeling about Clint the singer for a moment. Just what they created out of that. I just love the ambience they had in a rock song. I still had movement. Still had. It still had conviction to what was being played. It wasn't just airy. And it built, it dropped, it built, it dropped. So basically I wanted, you know, spoke to a few of them, but a couple of other bands want to have some stuff in the works in Grinspoon as well, that sort of music. But um, I think there's going to be a few of those particular bands doing a show. So I'll we'll go back to the drawing board. Okay. Right, so you've brought up something that may or may not happen, but let's maybe talk about a few that did. Yep. So there was the Seattle show, which Stone Temple, Alice in Chains, the, basically the grunge era. Yep. And... There's been different shows that have been dedicated to Australia Day and yep. our friend Aaron was telling me that he's part of a Pink Floyd band that's yep. now playing out of town and some other bands. Doing great stuff, yeah. In the past, I think tribute bands have been a very commercialised yeah. thing. Even bands like my favourite classic band, Pink Floyd, there's dozens of highly commercialised stadium bands that play Pink Floyd tributes. Yeah. I know in, in Aaron's case, it's kind of, well, if I'm not into the band, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about what I'm going to get paid to do it. I, I need to actually 
We need to enjoy it. I need to enjoy it because the, the paycheck's not enough to go through the rigmarole of learning a whole set of songs just to play one then, or two gigs. And and the, the amount of work that went into that first Seattle show was by far the, the hardest I've that I've ever worked in my entire life. Dan said music. that. But I was living with Dan time, at the time, and I've never I've never heard him practice anything more than he practiced that. The thing about that band was every single person was working as hard as they were because they didn't want to let anyone else down. Yeah, wow. That was something I've never seen before no, or is- I've ever been a part of. Like, we, you know, when you're in a band, you work hard, love, you know, to get the songs right, to do all this. But the amount of work that each individual person did to get their part right so when they got to band practice, they weren't letting down their mate at all. And that that band became a family. That's um, a cliche sort of thing, I know, but that brought – be- no, multiple musicians who've never never been in a band with with these other people. We've all had our own established bands. Put us in a room, and the first the first day we all sat around talking, getting ready for their stuff was probably the most excited I've ever been, and nervous. I'm in room in a room with people who I saw when I first moved to Aubrey that I idolised. Jason Ivel, when I first saw Giant Four Forty, I sat there at the back of Bended Elbow, and I thought to myself. I want to be in a band like that. I would love to be in their band. So that's got Adrian Burgick, Dan Hodges. So Dan Hodges, Jace Ivel, Adrian Burgick, and Craig Rogers. So they were the four blokes who ended up being in this show as well. So immediately I'm walking in a room of heavyweights, of just talented and seasoned vets in the music industry. Not just Aubrey, not just typical music, but they knew what they had to do in their craft to get, to get it right. I was the youngest, second youngest in that group, and I just remember going, I have to step up hard here. I was in over my head. I've, I've played rhythm and lead, but not to this music where it's note for note. I'll learn stuff 80%. I'll get the main hooks right, but then I'll ad-lib. This is a tribute show. You can't do that. It's got to be yeah. how and, it was. And we had three guitarists playing the whole whole show. So if one dropped out and wasn't playing the right part, everything fell apart. I remember that's the most nervous I've ever been for a show I've ever done, and I um I just had a bad sort of run with my diabetes at the time because I'm a insulin dependent diabetic. Got halfway through the show and because I was so nervous getting organised and getting ready, I didn't have anything on stage in case I had an episode. So I guess we're doing Smell Teen Spirit. I'm singing and playing the solo to it. Um, I remember the start of the song, and then I remember the end of the song. And at the end of the song, I'm standing there in front of everyone just holding my guitar and everyone's looking at me in the middle of the solo. Yeah. I just blacked out. Jeez. And I remember looking at, um, I think it was either Jason or Rudy, and I was like, I need sugar. I need a Mars bar or a chocolate bar or a Coke. And I'm like, I'm, I'm holding my guitar at the amp at this point, just yelling at them. I'm like, please help. I'm in a bad way. And it took three or four songs to sort of get that sugar back into me. But because I was so nervous and I didn't want to let anyone down by not having everything prepared, I forgot about myself oh, and just imploded. And I saw the video for that solo. And this is the first, oh, wow. the first, the first show. Yeah, because I didn't actually see that one. Yeah, so. everything look, apart from like, I watched all the videos and I was fine after that. But that one song, it was just on guitar work. Vocals was easy because I've sung that song a million times. Yeah, it was just muscle memory. I played that guitar. Uh, Riff multiple times, but just in that moment, and then I watch it. I've never been so humiliated. 
But that was something that could have been prevented, which is a bit of an oversight. It's a bit of a, know, a bit of a, a tangent there, sorry. But um, this is a podcast, mate. That's literally <laughs> tangents. Yeah, podcast is French for tangent. So. <laughs> I love that. But, yeah, no, that band was a family. Um, I have so much respect for everyone in well, there. It's almost like an expanded friendship group that weren't all that close. No, and it wasn't. when you see each other, there's like a brotherhood to it. And that also comes back to the time when there was original bands versus cover bands and even cover bands versus cover bands. Giant Foot 40 and my old band, um, Urban Uprise, we were pitted against each other from for years. And none of it, I've spoken... For, for gigs or... People saying stuff that they said and they were saying stuff that we said to, about them. And Jason and I had this conversation probably on the first rehearsal and I was like, mate, did you ever say this? Because this is what we heard. And he's like, no, did you ever say this? Because this is what we heard. And, we're like, and we realised none of that was us. This hatred, this hatred between two bands came from no one in either of the bands. Okay, that's weird. Bizarre. But, yeah, together for the first time. I just yeah, I've got a photo of that in my um in my house of us at band rehearsal on that first day just because like that that moment was just incredible. I remember Rudy saying to me that that first gig, he said that that must be what it feels like to be in a truly incredible band. Oh, to, wow! Like to feel the energy from the crowd and the connection with the crowd, and just Th- the, cre- the the level of emotion in the room when you're. Everything was just hitting its straps. He right. said that, that must be what it's like to be in a classic, humongous band. <laughs> he said it's unbelievable. Because, I mean, <laughs> you go through most of your life yeah. in an original band or cover band, you never get to experience what it's like Euphoria. to go out like Euphoria. System of a Down playing Chop Suey at Soundwave in Sydney where they just stopped halfway through the song and then let the crowd sing the chorus and 50,000 people sing every single word without any prompting. Like, you don't get any experience like that normally in a regular band. Well, funny that you say that. When we were playing that, uh, we are playing um, oh, a Foo Fighters song. That, this is at the... Yeah, the Seattle show. Seattle. We, we had a couple of Foo Fighters songs in there that were... Because Dave Grohl was from Seattle. Uh, I got another confession, mate. It gets to the part where that, oh, Jay's Ivel couldn't sing loud enough. The whole crowd was singing loud. We couldn't even hear our fallbacks. It was that loud. I, I I remember looking at um, I was looking at Craig Rogers because he's he's I was on the right. He was just on the inside of me. I looked at him and there's we're both smiling like we didn't say a single fucking word. The smiles on our faces. I look at I look across and see Scotty playing guitar in the corner. I look at the boys, everyone, and everyone's got this smile on their face because we didn't do this music for us. That that show wasn't about us because it was actually a chance to give something back to. Everyone that comes to our shows separately, we, we wanted them a reason to get excited about coming out. Not because they were supporting their friends, they got a night off, whatever else. We wanted to give them a reason to get excited, to go out in Aubrey and see something that they wanted to see. And at that time, it hadn't really been done in the area. To have that Seattle grunge sort of stuff done, at the magnitude it was done, like everything was worked out to what it was done on the record. If it, Whatever was played on the record was played live. I even played piano on black because it had piano in it. Just And I, it was only a simple motive that I had to play, but we did it because that's what the song required. That's what it had in the song. But just to see and speak to a few people about that, just what that, that era meant to them. I had, I had a couple of older fellas come up to me like, oh, I bet you you don't know about this band. Well, when I first saw him, yada, yada, yada. And it, they just spoke and I was interested because... 
these guys grown up to listen to that music. I was on the other end of it because I was born in 88, so I didn't see the 90s. So I found them much later. But um, these guys lived through that. They lived through the, the death of uh, Lane Staley, Kirk Cobain. So, you know, that impacted their lives. Yeah. And then for them to be, you know, coming up and saying to us, you know, that we represented the, the, the product well, that, you know, we should be proud of ourselves. We were, mate. We were so proud. Like of each and every one in that group, everyone worked their fucking asses off to, to do what we did that night. It was a night I'll never forget that one. So we might just wind it up now. Yeah, mate, Jason. sure. So hopefully you're happy to come on again because I think we've, we've just what done an cool. hour and it felt I, I, did, like I mean, I was looking at the time. I was like, it's been so quick. Yeah, which is usually means that there's a good vibe in the room. Oh, mate, we're good friends. So what's next for you musically? I know you've got, we won't talk about it too much, but you've got some busy stuff happening in your personal life. So yep, yeah, that, some good stuff. Good but, stuff. You're not the yeah. bad stuff. Um, I've not, I've got. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked at all about the fact that you essentially are one of the few people I know that's made a you know a living out of music so yeah it's, um, it's something i've known i wanted to do since i was 15 everyone asked me what do you want to be older i said a musician i didn't say anything else when that guy walks in the neighbor and says your voice is dropped buddy <laughs> from that moment on it's your good <laughs> i've never laughed like that oh god you dick yeah um no i've got a lot of uh, i've got my own music coming out though a band original music okay. so i just started recording that finished a couple songs so hopefully by next year you can start actually doing organizing a show and are you still doing corporate stuff, weddings, all the duo-y, solo-y kind of stuff? Yeah, or? mate. I've got I've got about five different outfits that I play under now. Um, yeah. I'm the type of guy that doesn't like doing the same thing over and over again. At least if I introduce a bass player or another guitarist or a drummer, at least there's a different dynamic so I can do something different. Yeah, cool. So I like to be as busy as I can and um, diverse. Just one last quick one. Yep. One of my favourite things that you've ever done well, there's two things. I'll just say them both. <laughs> and this isn't to blow smoke, but you have given me an hour of your time. So <laughs> the first time I ever thought, wow, A, you've improved. You're a different singer in a different universe to where you were when I very first yeah. met you. Oh, yeah. And also, I wish that that was the tone you were happier to sing in was when you sang a cover of Bring Me the Horizon at the races. Yeah, wow. About two years ago, acoustically. Yeah. That was Drown. Yeah, and when you sang a cover of The Used on Twitter, that was phenomenal. Oh, and excuse I, In me. my head I thought maybe more the Bring Me the Horizon thing because it had more yep. of your real accent in there. Yep, the cool. Used obviously has an Americanised accent yep. and you can only get so far as an Australian singing with an American accent. <laughs> but I just thought between those two voices there's the perfect... <laughs> The perfect zone for you, it lives in that universe and I'm hoping that we get to see you singing that oh, mate. way more in the future. You're a beautiful man, mate. I'm, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that you got to keep working on, isn't it? it I'm, not, I'm never happy. I'm, I'm never satisfied. Yeah. It's probably the best thing. Like The one thing I got told is that you know, the best people in their, their, their line of work aren't the people that get to a, a good point and go, yep, I'm the best. You, know, you, yeah. you keep on going. So hopefully I do get to that point, but um, I really appreciate the words, okay. mate. Right, well, thanks for your time. And thanks, where can people, if they want to see little clipsy music or stuff that you're doing on Instagram, maybe? or Yeah, Instagram's probably the best place to go. Which I'll is, link him up in the yeah, show notes. I've changed so, my name so many times, I wouldn't yeah, know. <laughs> that's all right. It's at Brucey8860 or something. 61, yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll just link that up for people who do want to check out what you're doing. You're right, beautiful, mate. man. Well, thank you so much. I love your work, buddy. Go to punchingsideways.com and you can click on something else and listen to it. Absolutely, guys. Jump on board. Right up. Bye bye.